This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. You know, for a lot of people, meat is looked to as a go-to source for protein, but there are lots of different foods that can be a great source of protein, and you don't have to seem like you're a chore to eat them. So today on the show, we'll look at some of these high-protein foods and dishes. Also, we always want to hear from you. What's happening in your kitchen? Are you still on that New Year's resolution diet? Tell us about it, and we'll tell you how to keep any diet rich in protein. Give us a call this morning to join the conversation. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464, or you can email the show, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Good morning, Kevin. I have had an absolutely festive weekend. Um, I spent, of course, some time hanging out with my family this weekend. It was my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Daddy. He turned 73 years young. Uh, and uh, we spent the day at service together yesterday, he and my mom and the, the grandkids, and it was just absolutely fantastic. So I went to the movie yesterday, um, <clears throat> and uh, the friend I was with um, wanted to get some popcorn, so we got a medium popcorn, which we split between the two of us. Uh, two drinks and a popcorn was more money than the tickets cost, which is, shouldn't have been a surprise. <laughs> So, Kevin, you actually buy the stuff at the movies? That's well, see, now either one of us had a person which to smuggle the food in. I'm going to so. have to get you a man bag, Kevin. <laughs> it is so hilarious. But anyway, I thought, uh, and so he wanted butter on it, so we got butter. And I thought for sure that the butter would just be at the top of the popcorn and not at the bottom. But I'll give the movie theater credit. They either squirted in enough butter or shook it up or something because there was butter all the way through there. But I will say also that afterwards, I was kind of like, ugh, that the, it was like it's too much the movie butter, butter yeah, gets, yeah, gets to be a little bit too much. And yeah. like I said, we bought the the medium, and that was more than enough for two of us. So I can't imagine when people buy that, you know, they have to wheel that tub of popcorn <laughs> into the theater. So um, The next time you go to movies, just call me, Kevin. I'll bring my purse. <laughs> all right. It's good. so hilarious because I'm, the, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble when they see me at the movie again. <laughs> but I got my really cute bag, and, you know, I've got my yummies in there. I mean, because a box of candy, little box of candy could easily cost you five bucks. Are you serious? I want to, you know... Toss up some popcorn and eat candy. And there's some guy at the movie theater going, yeah, I'm going to check her bag <laughs> next time I see her. The thing that's funny to me about a theater, you know, these days they have that whole thing before even the pro- the preview start. It's, I don't know what they call I think it, the one that I went to in Pearl, it's, it's called Numi is this new app or whatever. So anyway, you do all this stuff and it's like about a half an hour. And it's funny because they said... Thanks for watching Numi. You just watched, and they recap what we just went through. Like, you just saw the coming attractions for this or that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I know because we just had to sit here and watch all this stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, that's the whole business of advertising and and wanting to keep it on your mind. And that's been the whole, you remember the whole story behind the subliminal suggestions Mm -hmm. at the movies. It hasn't stopped. They just do it in a different way. (laughs) And uh, and I looked at my watch, uh, 20 minutes of previews. Wow. So the the theater was the the showtime was twelve forty. The actual movie did not start until one o'clock. Also, the uh, the projectionist was a little sleep at the wheel because for the first three minutes of the movie, the lights were on, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "Hello, we're supposed to be in the dark here." 
Anyway, it, it got fixed, and we, we enjoyed the movie. <laughs> he was trying to make sure I wasn't in there with my purse, Kevin. <laughs> All right, uh, looks like Java wants to hop in here. Yeah, I was going. I was going to say something about the uh, about the popcorn that you uh, you guys were talking about. For whatever reason, my wife is now on a popcorn kick. I guess because we got some gourmet popcorn or something, and it comes out. It's all sweet. Kin to uh, kettle corn, but I've had a little popcorn um, adventure myself with the quote unquote Chicago style with the caramel and the, and the cheddar mixed together. But I was going to ask, have you guys uh, tried those flavored popcorns like uh, the fruity pebbles and uh, at, the, at the different? I've been trying to get them on the show, but it's a different little popcorn stands, and they have like fruity pebbles and uh, like uh, cocoa puffs type of popcorn and and. Flaming hot Cheeto popcorn. Have y'all ventured out? <laughs> so I've had I've had the flaming hot uh, popcorn because of course I have an eleven year old granddaughter who um, that's the hot the hotter mm-hmm. it gets the better it is for her. It's just one of those craves that kids have, Kevin. But I'm a nineteen sixty four model, so I just kind of <laughs> like I kind of like stuff, you know, some stuff just the way it is. That sounds interesting, though. So uh, I guess they they just flavor the so instead of just caramel corn or whatever, or some of the you know at Christmas time you often see the the tin that's got regular popcorn, cheese popcorn, and caramel corn that they're they're branching out into uh, into these other flavors. So um, <clears throat> you know the thing I I was at uh, Walmart and had to buy some a cereal. They now make Dippin' Dots cereal. It's like it's amazing to me <laughs> the and it's obviously intended for kids, but it's amazing to me the the variety of Things that you'd never thought would make it into a cereal. It's so funny you say it's intended to kids and the grown-ups are buying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, I, I, I love, I seriously, with all jokes aside, I, I like the idea of being adventurous, you know, whether you're doing it in the kitchen or in the marketplace, because every now and then they come up with a flavor that you just can't live without. So kudos to everybody who's out there being creative. All right, uh, it's protein day on the show, and as we mentioned at the top, it's not necessarily just meat. There are some other great sources of protein. We'll talk about those throughout the hour. Uh, Deborah, we always start out with uh, you telling us what delicious stuff you brought in, and you know, I, I sometimes seem like a broken record uh, because I say the same things over and over again. But always such a beautiful presentation, and, and the the looks and the smells uh, get us all ready for the taste, and, and the taste never disappoints. So, what did you bring in today? And it still has not allowed you to, in, you know, <laughs> I don't go to family dinners. I haven't gotten that engagement ring. We only went out on one date. I'm turning into a stalker, Kevin. What the heck? I'm waiting for it to appear at the bottom of the cracker. Jack box and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> oh, wow, that's terrible. So today, um, and just think, I woke up thinking about you this morning. So we did potatoes last week, but I did the sweet potato today, Kevin, and I did a sweet potato parfait. This is absolutely amazing. Speaking of being creative Java and doing something new. So on the inside of this uh, potato, Kevin, you have uh, yogurt covered blueberries, you have little bites of almonds, tiny little bites of cranberries and pecans right in the middle of this. It's been tossed in a little bit of cinnamon and brown sugar. It, I hold it out, scooped everything back in. You can eat the entire shell because not only did I salt it, but I also glazed it 
with a little bit of maple syrup and sugar. So you, you can, and of course, anytime you have a baked potato, you can eat the entire thing. You can eat the skin, the whole nine. But this is really a decadent treat. And I paired it, Kevin, with yummy, tiny bites of juicy steak. I mean, so for those people who are looking for that, you know, quick protein meal, steak and potatoes is traditionally one of those things that, uh, you know, you find people who are working out a lot, you know, will, will take in heavy amounts of protein. The potato itself probably has a, a little bit more than uh, two grams of protein in it as well. So, you know, perfect protein meal early in the morning. And I think that uh, potatoes get a bit of a bad rap sometimes. The, the potato itself is not usually what causes calories and that sort of thing, although I guess they are a little bit starchy. But a lot of times it's what we put in them. But this was really good. I mean, I love the bright orange color. Just a couple of follow-ups. Sometimes when I cook um, sweet potatoes, they get a little stringy. But I noticed these are just so soft and just perfectly cooked. So what would be maybe some tips for getting that perfectly cooked sweet potato? Well, when you find that ring in the bottom of the Cracker Jack box, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. uh, It's the same thing that I talked about last week. We just blanched the potato prior to putting it in the oven. And some people say, well, Deborah, you know, that's a little extra work. But that that one little extra step makes a complete difference after we blanched it, Kevin. Um, we took the potato out, I oiled the skin with a little bit of olive oil, some salt again, and then we popped it in the oven for just a few minutes. It doesn't need to stay in there for that 45 minutes because it's already been blanched. And then once the skin just kind of crisps up a little bit, I take it out, and then we uh, cut slits in the top, haul the center out, and we whip that really well. And add. And you don't have to add anything else to of this sweet potato. It's it is a superfood heaven. You know, you'll find vegetarians, you know, who praise the sweet potatoes. The doctors are encouraging people, especially those with sugar glycemic, you know, issues, to go ahead and, you know, delve into these miracle bites of sweet potato. And if I remember correctly, the first uh, episode ever we did sweet potatoes. So they're um Oh, you remember. <laughs> You're so So they're sweet. they're uh, they're and like I said, really taste now all right, so on the steak Again, uh, the sautéed onions, I love those. Sometimes when I cook steak like that, it gets, again, a little, not stringy, but a little tough. So what are some tips for keeping your your meat when you're cooking it uh, nice and tender? So one of the things, Kevin, that, you know, you want to decide, do do you want your steer rare, medium rare, well, medium well? I don't ever really want that steak to be well because then you've cooked it to the point of its absolute toughness. And so one of the things that I do, Kevin, of course, before you cook your steak, you want to take it out at least 30 minutes prior to cooking it and allow it to come to room temperature uh, because that cold steak will toughen the steak when you cook it. Okay. The other thing that you want to do, um, for me, what I did was simply pan sear this for few minutes, probably about a minute, maybe two minutes on each side. And I finished it in the oven, Kevin, Um, just probably about another uh, 15 minutes uh, in the oven because it's already been pan seared. Okay, but once I took it out, if you notice, this steak is super, super juicy. I allowed it to just rest for a bit. So you cover it with your foil if you, you know, you can use a a lid of a pot or whatever and just cover it and let it sit. And then once we slice this, Kevin, if what I did with this is uh, I just tossed it with a little bit of sour cream. 
Mm-hmm. And that was it. And it added that extra juiciness because this, the way that it's cut and prepared today would be perfect for your fajitas. Uh, it's It made a beautiful pr- presentation today, of course, because we have the caramelized onions, some shallops in here, and of course, some green onions. So it's a really nice, savory bite. Uh, but uh, just tossing it with that little bit of uh, sour cream, Kevin, the meat absorbs all the sour cream and it's just extra juicy. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I think what when people cook meat, a lot of things, uh, well, steak especially, that they don't do is that idea of pull it out when it's a little done less than you think because as the steak rests, it's still going to be it's going to be cooking a little exactly. bit more. Yeah. So and again, you're right. So if you cook it like well done, then when it comes out and rests, it's going to be extra well done. So cook it a little bit to less than you want it and let it sit and it'll it'll finish cooking itself. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got a couple calls on the line already. So when we get back, we will talk to Paul and Jesse. In addition, we are talking about protein and the different ways to get it in your diet today. Some of the top protein-rich foods like eggs, nuts, and meats are in many different recipes. So if you have one, uh, call in and share it with us. And when we come back, we'll look at more top protein-rich foods that can help you balance out your diet. So stay tuned. Can't get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about protein today, so if you have a recipe that you'd like to share or a comment that you'd like to make, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. Send it to food at mpbonline.org. And something we're doing new this year on uh, Deep South Dining is we're going to try to be featuring Mississippi restaurants throughout the year. From the big to the small, from the ones in the city all the way to the small town ones, we want your suggestions. Who serves great food in your area? If you have a favorite restaurant that you'd like to tell us about, uh, send it to food at mpbonline.org. We've already gotten some emails, but we would like to get as many as possible. So again, if you have a favorite restaurant in your area, tell us about it by emailing food at mpbonline.org. We are going to talk about some uh, protein-rich foods that are not meats in just a minute, but we do have a couple of phone calls on the line. We will start off with uh, Paul, who's called in from Glenn this morning. Hi, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Yes. How are you all? Good. Do you want my question? Sure, go ahead. Okay, well... It dawned on me that I know the subject was going to be, you know, protein and, you know, meat. <laughs> and it dawned on me that uh, this morning while I was shopping in, in the meat department in Walmart, I asked the guy a question, have you heard anything in relation to the safety of meat and other, <clears throat> you know, fresh uh, produce, non-meat? Because uh, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, the uh, a federal food inspector or other <coughs> meat inspector you know they're you know they're they're not employed right now so i'm i'm concerned about the increased risk of <coughs> foodborne illnesses and i'm i am not likely i'm i'm likely to be much more cautious in terms of what i buy and what i what i eat for example this doesn't have anything to do with food but i'm not going to do any flying during <coughs> During the uh, federal uh, the layoff of federal people, because as I understand, is that you know the the people that check the gates, you know they're not employed. But I, 
I called y'all because of the impact on the food industry, and particularly meat inspection. Uh, and I, I know you probably don't have the answer as to whether or not, you know, that I'm safe. The 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 guy in the meat department in Walmart, he said, he he thought it was an interesting question, but he had not been a they had not been advised yet. So that's my question. Well, my suggestion is is that we have so many fantastic local farmers uh, in Flo, Flowood, Florence, rather. There you have the uh, Florence butcher there, and they grow this beef. It's homegrown. It's it's butchered right there, you know, on site. Some of your local farmer markets carry fresh products from local farmers. So this is an absolute great time to just choose to eat more local. Um, you know, if you're worried about where the food is traveled from and whether or not it's safe. Usually, most of the time, from the farmer's market, it literally goes straight from the farm to your table. And so, for me, uh, you not only are you getting a more fresher product, but that, for me, it would eliminate a lot of my worry for safe sources. Uh, all right, uh, Paul, thanks for the call. You, you bring up an excellent uh, point, however, and that is that um, – you know, uh, the the government shutdown has caused a number of federal workers to be furloughed or not working or working for free. And those furloughed, you know, they're not they're not doing the the inspections and the things. I know the USDA also, uh, I think, has some furloughed workers as well. So it's an interesting situation. Hopefully, uh, our government leaders will um, get together and solve that issue uh, quickly so that we can all rest assured that uh, you know the, the the safeguards that the federal government helps provide us are are in place. A- absolutely, Kevin, and I, and that goes. Back this conversation is so interesting on so many levels because, you know, Mississippi traditionally has been a farm state. Uh, and, of course, we've moved into the, you know, the technology age. And most of us now, you know, depend on so many other outsources just to feed our families. So, again, I agree with you. I hope that these issues are resolved uh, quite quickly. All right. Uh, next, um, let's go to uh, to to Jesse. Um, hang on, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, okay, all right. We've, I'm sorry, we got Jesse on the line. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you have for us? Yeah, I was, was going to ask if the steaks came from the floor butcher, and you brought him up. Secondly, are these the white sweet potatoes or the regular sweet potatoes? Uh, these are the, the ones that I serve today are actually uh, regular sweet potatoes from. Um, they're Mississippi from Vernon. What's I had a brain freeze, Kevin. Vardaman. <laughs> um, Vardaman, Mississippi. Yeah, so they're just regular, wonderful Mississippi sweet potatoes. And okay, of course, the darker the sweet potato, the, you know, the more flavor you get. There's even one that I found at a local Asian market that is just absolutely wonderful, and it's almost uh, completely purple in color. I haven't seen that one. I know the white ones my aunt likes, but they're always stringy. So when Kevin mentioned stringy, that's why I was wondering which color today's menu had. It, this is a really deep, bright, almost orangey-red kind of color. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful colored potato. Okay. Now, I know you, this particular menu, you're using the oven, but have you tried them in the microwave? Uh, matter of fact, Kevin talked about that on last week. You want to share what you talked about last week, Kevin? Right. When, uh, I found a, a great way to microwave both sweet potatoes and uh, baked or white potatoes, uh, russet potatoes, I guess you call them. Uh, it's a product that's a it's a red bag, and it's made of some kind of special material that basically will steam 
it's a kind of a steamer for your microwave. So I found those to be real uh, effective. Also, you can cook uh, corn on the cob in there. So, uh, and I think that that's part of the reason why maybe my sweet potatoes were a little stringy. I think if I had done them in the oven, sort of the traditional way, they would be uh, less so. And it's and it's not to where you know they they can't be eaten or whatever. But for a microwave uh, item. Uh, one of those seen on TV things. I think that this thing uh, works uh, fairly well, and I've been real happy with with how it cooks uh, potatoes in the microwave. All right, okay. Jesse, thanks for calling in this Thank morning. Thank you. Uh, this is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines. Uh, if you'd like to join our conversation this morning, give us a call as we talk about protein. If you have a favorite protein-rich recipe that you'd like to share with us, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So we mentioned that we're going to talk about some protein-rich foods that are not uh, meats, and the top of our list is something that I think a lot of people enjoy eating, and that is the egg. The incredible edible <laughs> egg. Absolutely, Kevin. It is one of my absolute favorites. And um, on last week, my cousin and I were kind of hamming it around the kitchen, Kevin, and we did a fried egg using water. It was just absolutely incredible. The egg scrambled up completely. There was no oil added in. It was very fluffy, very tender egg. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, I remember years ago that you would have a lot of bodybuilders who were using raw egg shakes. And of course, I don't necessarily subscribe to doing that because we don't want anybody, you know, to end up with bacteria that can possibly destroy their body, make them really ill. Um, but we had a, a Ren Lester on mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Hey, Lynn, Ren, if you're listening. Uh, and of course, you know, she shared quite a bit of information with us about uh, the fact that eggs really are a great source of protein. They're low in calorie and they have a source of healthy fat. So eat them up. That's correct. Uh, Ren was from the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board. She visited us last December. So if you want to go back and review what we talked about on Egg Day on Deep South Dining, you can uh, go to uh, mpbonline.org slash deep south dining. Or if you have a podcast app on your smartphone, uh, you can subscribe to Deep South Dining, and then you have access to all the back episodes uh, that you can listen to on your schedule. Um, So we've got some more calls to get to. Let's uh, start again with uh, Scott in Jackson is on the line with us. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. What do you have for us today? Yeah, I was about this. I always go to the regular market, get some sweet potatoes, and when I get them home, I boil the whole sweet potatoes. I need a pill it first. I need just make the sweet potatoes, like for dinner or something. You can actually boil the entire sweet potato. Uh, it, it, if you want to do it that way, of course, you know, the traditional way of doing it in the oven is simply, you know, make sure you rinse the potato first. You want to cover the skin with a type of oil. I use olive oil. I also like to use a little bit of pink sea salt to cover the skin up. Pop it in the oven. Usually takes, depending on the size of your potato, a medium to medium large potato, usually takes you about 45 to 50 minutes to be really, really tender. But my hack for that is I take the potato with the skin still on and I just blanch it for about 25 minutes, which just simply means I put it in the water and I boiled it. And then I take it out and finish it in the oven for about another 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and to make sure that that potato is really tender before I take it and put it in the oven, I take a toothpick and that toothpick should go all the way through the skin without you having to press hard. And then you know that that potato is done. Pull it out of the water, 
go ahead and add your olive oil salt to the skin if you like and then just pop it under the oven um, in the oven for a few minutes and that's it thank you thank you so much thank you you're very welcome scott thank you Uh, let's move on next uh don is also calling in from jackson this morning don you're on the air with us hey don good morning good morning good morning i enjoy you all show and uh a couple things came to mind that you all might be able to help me out with okay go go ahead One is, I recently got an air fryer, and I did some um, fish and chicken in it because I was trying to, I like fried foods, but I didn't want so much, uh, you know, so much grease. And uh, it turned out well, but I realized I really don't have a lot of recipes for that, for using an air fryer. I want to know if you have recipes for air fryers. And secondly, uh, I used some, uh, um, I had some fried pickles, and they were really greasy. And and I wondered, did you have a recipe for fried pickles that wouldn't that wouldn't be so greasy? Because I love them. Well, probably done. Let's start backwards with the fried pickles. Once you pulled them from the oil, what did you do with the pickles? Well, uh, really <laughs> nothing. I don't know if that's the problem. That that's going to be your problem. What you want to do is you can either take a brown paper bag and tear it in half, or you can just take some uh, kitchen napkins and lay them on a plate and put the pickles there for just a uh, you know a few seconds 30 seconds to a minute and let the napkin or the paper absorb the rest of that oil out of your pickles and that will help to eliminate the grease problem also you can you know with those pickles if you don't want to fry them at all you can do them batter them up the same way use the same recipe that you're using um shake off the excess better place them on a cookie sheet using parchment paper on the bottom and pop them in the oven and they'll crisp up and that will eliminate your oil altogether. Really? I didn't know that. It's almost the same flavor as a fry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the other the other thing that I usually do if I'm going to put in the oven, once I've dipped them in a batter, I'm going to finish them with a, a like a panko chip, the the, the panko um, because that'll also give you a more crispy bite when you're baking any vegetable like a, a pickle in the oven. You can do the same thing with your squash and, um, you know, your broccoli. You can do that in the oven, dip it in the batter, dip it in your panko, place it on a uh, cookie sheet, and you have these wonderful bites of food with that eliminates the oil altogether. Now, when you bought your air fryer, the wonderful thing about it is it actually came with a little booklet, and it should have had several recipes in there for you um, uh, to, you know, to help aid you with your creativity for cooking things in there. So you may want to just go back and check. Uh, those wonderful little papers that came in that box, because one of them is actually a recipe. Uh, it has several recipes in there. All right, uh, Don. I read, I read those, but I wanted some more. <laughs> I bet you if you Google air fryer recipes, that would help out. I, you know, it's a relatively new product, and it's uh, curious. I'm glad to hear that you've got a little success with it, because I've thought about that, too, because I love fried food. And any way you can make fried food a little bit healthier, I'm all for that. Uh, so, uh, but maybe just a, a quick Google search and see what, uh, what the other folks are doing with that because it's a, a relatively new product. So, when you when you added your chicken in or your fish into the air fryer, what was the steps for that? Well, we we my wife and I did it together because she didn't trust me by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so we bat, we bat, we had some cornmeal. It was like a seasoned cornmeal, and we we battered it in that. 
and basically uh, we set it to 400 degrees. Uh, we put it in the we, – we preheated the air fryer a little bit because the instructions said preheat about 10 minutes. And um, then we put the chicken in on one side for 10 minutes, pulled it out, turned the chicken over, put it in for 10 minutes on the other side. And then took it out, and I'm telling you, it was great with almost no grease at all. With that being said, I'm almost sure that whether you're frying an apple pie uh, using your air fryer, you're going to kind of use the same process. You, you know, it's it, it consistently, and it should come with a tray or something that you can actually fry on. Is that right? Yes, it has a tray that goes inside of a kind of a cup-like heating device and the tray you just take out and put the food in there and then drop the tray back in so no matter what you're preparing um, you know with those recipes you can do cabbages in there you can use it you know for your vegetables or whatever it's going to be the same process go ahead and season your your foods really well Um, and I I don't know I'm just imagining putting a wonderful cabbage in there Kevin and for me I would brush it with just a tiny bit of olive oil you know, you don't have to because it's an air fryer. Add your salt and your pepper and whatever seasonings you want and just put it in, not for the 10 minutes because it would not take that long. I'm sure the time is probably going to be reduced maybe to about three or four minutes and then take it out and do the same thing. But I'm with Kevin. Uh, There's so many amazing um, resources online. So just Google and uh, good luck with your air fryer and tell your wife she's a very smart girl. <laughs> And, you know, Don, this might be a way for you and your wife to have a little fun in the kitchen is, you know, it's a new product. Uh, go ahead and experiment. See if you can't come up with some recipes on your own. I think you'll have a good time figuring out what the best way to use that uh, is. We need to take another quick break. When we get back, we will continue our discussion. Today we're talking about protein, an alternate source of protein, not just meat that you can get protein from, but a lot of other foods as well. We'll be back with more, so stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about protein this morning, and if you have a protein recipe that you'd like to share with us or a question or a comment about our topic or about food in general, give us a call. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464, or you can email the show Send it to food at mpbonline.org. And again, we put a call out. What's your favorite restaurant in your area of Mississippi? If you have a favorite one that you'd like to share with us, email us. It's food at mpbonline.org. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start again with Kathleen from Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Kathleen. Uh, Good morning. morning. It's a bit chilly outside, so uh, I've got a couple of good recipes for sweet potatoes. Okay. Um, when you have a regular sweet potato and you scrub the skin on the outside, boil them in a deep pot of water with salt. Then when done, tend to put the fork through. You let them cool completely, absolutely cold. And then you slice them in about two-inch thick, skin and all. So pieces that don't make a pretty little round patty, you can... Uh, mash them up and use them for like a, a piping around it if you want to get fancy or some stuffing. But I take uh, Greek vanilla mm. uh, yogurt and add a dash of lemon juice. And you can mix that up. And when they're baked, you top them with that Greek uh, yogurt with the lemon juice in it. And you can sprinkle it with 
pecans, uh, believe it or not, a very fine um, instant coffee, a little if you want, um, and then the cinnamon and sugar, each ones you like. And um, it's really easy, and when they're just by themselves, you can actually, when they cool, wrap them up, keep them neatly, and you can take them out when you don't want to fool with anything and pop them in a microwave. Absolutely. I, I love the idea of being able to add the Greek yogurt and the lemon to the you know, baked potato because it just is something about infusing flavors with flavor, Kevin, that really heightens your senses. And the just the lemon zest in a, of itself on a fresh baked potato is just Can't intoxicating. Can't you just hear Frank? Can't you just hear Frank reminding us to eat? <laughs> Absolutely. I think about it from time to time, but he had the right M.O. going, you know, but uh, uh, in, in recognition of him, he did remind me of a lot of stuff that you could substitute. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes you think about it, sometimes you don't. But this is really easy. You can do it in advance. Now, there's one thing you can do. After boiling it, you drain the uh, liquid really, really uh, once or twice through a coffee filter or whatever, and you can reduce it, adding a large heaping tablespoon of either uh, molasses, um, serum, uh, sir, uh, what do you call that? Not serum, sorghum. honey, and then you sorghum, that's it. And whatever you choose, just any kind of sweetener, you reduce it, and then you pour that over the potato. And then you can add your pecans and whatever and top it with a little chunk of pineapple. You don't want to go overdue, depending on if you're on any medication, but sometimes it dresses it up. And then you can sprinkle some brown sugar with the cinnamon or you can put your, sometimes, believe it or not, an instant coffee on the shelf because it doesn't go bad can accent the flavor of a lot of things. Anyway, I hope sometimes <laughs> y'all try it and enjoy it. You know I love you, Shelby. Yeah, All right. I'll you talk too, Kathleen. Soon. Thank, Thank you, Kathleen. You. Thank you. <clears throat> Let's uh, move on. Next, we're going to talk uh, with Alex in Clinton. You're on the air with us. Hey, Alex. Hi, go ahead. I just hadn't heard anybody mention as far as uh, meat substitutes or ways to not eat meat. Corn and beans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. make a complete protein. Rice and beans. Rice and corn, those kind of things. And, of course, they, they taste delicious in traditional kinds of cooking, Mexican food, Chinese food. They, you don't notice you're missing meat, or you can use meat just as a flavorer mm-hmm. rather than as the main, uh, the main item in the meal. And the other thing I wanted to mention was the, uh, the, um, the beans called edamame. Mm-hmm. They're, they're soybeans, E-D-A-M-A-M-E, uh, and they have a complete protein. Presumably. Absolutely. And they're making that product these days. Back when I was young, we used to say soybeans taste so terrible, but now they're making this uh, edamame product that, uh, that really tastes good, and you can get a whole whole meal practically right there and just eat in the car or anything. Alec, great suggestions. Uh, you know, I love the thing about beans because, to me, they're very they're filling. I mean, and, and I love black beans. And then edamame, you know, uh, you go to a Chinese restaurant and, and have them right out of the pot, and I know... A friend of mine and I eat out together, and we got the the bag that you can microwave, you know, from the Kroger, and those, I mean, those are really good. It was funny; it was a huge bag, and I thought, okay, well, this will last, you know, a couple. Of, and <laughs> this guy went through. I mean, he, I looked over there, and like they were completely gone. Yeah, so. <clears throat> they are absolutely delicious. And the great thing about it, Kevin, is you can eat them, you know, raw, toss them in a salad, 
or you can steam them or cook them and, you know, serve them other ways. And they pair well with so many other uh, vegetables. So absolutely great, great suggestion. The other thing, Kevin, is tofu. And it's something, you know, that we have not uh, actually had here before. But it's one of those substitutes that you're going to find that vegetarians, um, you know, do a lot of. And the beautiful thing about tofu, it's a blank palate and it will actually assume the flavor of anything that you infuse it with. So those, that's also another one. Talking about using nuts, uh, almonds, pecans. Uh, lately, my thing has been pistachios. My cousin Barbara has gotten me hooked, Kevin. She says, I, I said, well, no, I don't really. I, ha- I like the pistachio ice cream, but, you know, just to <laughs> sit and eat it. So, so I tried it, Kevin. So now when you open my cabinet, it looks like I've, you know, robbed the grocery store <laughs> of all. So absolutely, there are so many wonderful things that we can use other than uh, you know, just eating meats. Uh, for instance, broccoli is high in a, in a protein uh, food. So is asparagus. And they are absolutely wonderful, delicious bites that we can pair with so many other things. All right, Alec, thank you. Good call. Glad to hear from you this morning. We're talking about protein sources on the program this morning. If you have a recipe or some ways that you get protein into your diet with meat or without, let us know. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I love pistachios. The only thing is they are sometimes very difficult to crack open. Well, that's half the fun for me, Kevin. <laughs> well, fun is one thing, but then it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those where you finally get it, pop it open, and of course the nut goes flying through the... <clears throat> Plus, the other thing is, you know, a lot of times I'll eat nuts uh, when I'm going somewhere. You know, I like snacking when I'm, you know, driving or whatever, and uh, nuts, I think, are a fairly healthy s- snack for the road, but again... It's difficult. To, I wish they would have shelled pistachios more and more than they do. Well, actually, you you can find uh, it. You know, at some of your Whole Food, for instance, is going to be one of those sources that you can find them sh- shelled. On yesterday, I was at my local market, and they do have them. Of course, they you know a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up paying probably a couple of do- dollars more for the ones that are completely shelled. I like the idea of opening up the shell because then I, I'm secure of its freshness and I don't have to worry about if it's actually been sprayed with something to give it, you know, an, an additional shelf life. So I say go ahead and um, spend some time eating some sunflower seeds, Kevin. And, you know, I will say one trick I have learned is that sometimes you can use the shell of another pistachio to kind of be your tool uh, to pry them open. And uh, almonds, I uh, have gotten the habit of buying a big bag of uh, almonds at the grocery store and then eating them. You know, sometimes when you eat breakfast, you feel full, but then you have, you know, that mid-morning where you're starting to get a little bit hungry. Uh, to me, almonds are a great source there. They're, I, I love almonds, uh, and they're, you know, they're nice and crunchy and that sort of thing, real satisfying. They'll help fill you up and kind of get you through that mid-day urging for something to eat. Uh, almonds are, again, another one of those superfoods, Kevin, and it's a great source of milk. And you're talking about a plant-based you know, product uh, that's going to give you a source of protein as well. I think yesterday uh, I just wanted to have a little bit of fun, so I put a glass of uh, almond milk in the refrigerator and let it chill to the point that it was uh, just almost completely iced and then take a spoon and eat it. And it just worked well for tossing a few blueberries and I had 
a, a great dessert at the end of the day. So it's wonderful. And you have to have protein. The thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to overeat the protein because you don't want to overwork your kidneys trying to get, you know, the extra protein out of your body. But protein is truly a building block for every cell, every muscle, for your hair, your teeth, your eye. You got to have it. So you want to eat wonderful fresh sources of protein and you don't always have to have steak every time you're eating (laughs) all right uh, time for one break one more break this hour when we get back we will continue talking about protein on this protein day on deep south dining if you have a snack idea that packs protein give us a call Uh, also uh, see if you can guess what food is celebrating its national day today we'll have the break uh, the answer after the break so stay tuned This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today's Protein Day, so we've been talking about recipes and ways to get protein into your diet uh, using meat, but also there is a number. There are a number of other foods that you can eat that will give you your protein as well. So we've been talking about that. Uh, if you ever miss part of the show and want to listen back, you can go to mpbonline.org slash deepsouthdining or subscribe to the podcast using the MPB Public Media app or your favorite podcast app on your smartphone. And again, a reminder, we talked earlier about eggs being a delicious source of protein. Uh, you can go back in our archive. Uh, last December, we visited with uh, Rin Laster from the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board. So you, we talked about uh, the, the eggs. I think we probably had a couple of good uh, recipes on that show as well. Also, before the break, we mentioned that, you know, almost every day there's a National Food Day. Today is National Hot Pastrami Day. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if I've, I don't know if I've ever had a lot of pastrami. I mean, I know it's a popular deli. Uh, meat, but I'm I'm trying to think if I really had a lot or not. Have you? I've had pastrami. It's a it makes a wonderful bite. Uh, it's usually you know most of the time when we we have it, it's served in a sandwich, usually on a hoagie bun. Kevin, mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful piece of meat, and it was uh and it was born out of a way for survival, Kevin. So you have this beef. Uh, or sometimes it is pork that's just been dried out and slightly, you know, almost completely cured. And then it's, you know, usually cut in very thin, wonderful uh, bites of meat. But, yes, it's nothing like a good pastrami. <laughs> uh, but you're right. It says that it was created as a way to preserve meat before modern refrigeration. So it's amazing how our ancestors were able to do things to make the food uh, they ate uh, still safe but also uh, flavorful. And now I think uh, obviously we have refrigerators these days, but we still uh, like it because of the taste. You know, it's funny you're talking about ancestors, but most Southerners are familiar with their grandparents or their great grandparents having uh, you know, uh, smoke houses where meat was cured, and it usually was cured, uh, or you know, with using you know large amounts of salt or put in a brine, and then taken out and hung, you know, for weeks and weeks at a time. And of course, you know, a lot of times, um, you listening to a lot of modern chefs, and they think that they've invented something, but this was a way for survival, and it was wonderful, and it was fresh, and it goes back to, you know, all of us really needing to stop and think about all of the changes that are happening with us across the world. Um, Taking that time out to, you know, revisit some of those farm to table ideas 
even if you don't want to plant a garden or you don't want to be outside with a whole, you know, couple of rows of things to take care of, you can use potted plants on the inside uh, to create fresh vegetables, uh, you know, for your family and especially things like, you know, your herbs like basils and mints, you know, they grow really great in pots. Uh, but, you know, again, going back to uh, visit your local farmer marketers, stopping by, you, you know, we got we have Cindy Ayers here in Jackson. We got two dog farms. There are just so many amazing people across the state of Mississippi that are doing great things from farm to table. So, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think you like your idea about the herbs because, you know, I think it's fairly easy to grow them in, indoors, as you said, in a pond. And then you might think about it if you, you get it in a little jar at the grocery store. That's one thing. But I, I think most people would be surprised at how much extra flavor these fresh herbs would give and just a little little bits of them. And, you know, usually, for instance, like when you go in the grocery store and you have, buy fresh onions in particular, you're going to find that they still have roots on them. So I get excited when I find uh, fruits and vegetables that may have seeds or roots that are easily, you know, grown. And then you can take, uh, just take those roots. Sometimes they may need to be watered for a couple of days and then place them in some dirt. Usually, for instance, I'm growing some fresh green onions because I just think it's one of the greatest things in the world. I usually take the the roots, Kevin, uh, wrap them in a moist uh, towelette for a day or so, and then place them in a pot, and they spring up quite quickly. And, it, and so you, 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 versus you spending that, you know, couple of dollars for something organic at the grocery store, it's right there in the kitchen. And by growing those things in your home, you also help to aid to the environment of your house. You're putting out the good energy. A lot of plants absorb a lot of negative you know, bacteria. So it's just so many benefits to uh, going fresh. So I've got a couple minutes left on our protein show. We'll kind of review some of the protein sources we've been talking about. Uh, we talked about eggs, a great source of protein, a lot of different things you can do with that. Uh, we talked about nuts like almonds and pistachios. Uh, we mentioned, and I don't know if I ever say it right, edamum. edamum I think, I Soybeans. Wanna, edamamas. Okay, there we go. <laughs> But I think I always want to put I want to put a edamama. B in there, so it's edamame. Uh, we talked about Greek yogurt. I think you mentioned that. Another simple way to do it is peanut butter. If you have a, maybe a fresh apple uh, or a banana that you're eating, and you know, again, maybe you and your family trying to get more fruits into your diet, and uh, they're they're naturally sweet, but a good way to add uh, to the flavor and also get a little protein in there is put a little uh, smear of uh, of uh, of of uh, peanut butter, uh, mix that with fruit, that works really well. Say smear, smear, smear. (laughs) Absolutely, Kevin. So a quick, simple recipe. The kids absolutely love it. You want to take some whole, I like pumpernickel bread. So you're going to take your pumpernickel and uh, take a little oil, a little butter in your skillet. And while the oil is melting, go ahead and put some peanut butter on that pumpernickel, add some cranberries on top of that, and then add some fresh sliced bananas on top of that, and just a tiny bit of brown sugar. Let it sear on one side, uh, and then add the uh, bread, the second slice, and flip it over, Kevin. It is just an absolutely wonderful bite. It's like the re, the grilled cheese sandwich reinvented. Absolutely. That sounds really tasty. And you're right, that, that uh, pumpernickel bread, when you when it grills up like that, gets that great crusty consistency to it. And, boy, that, that does sound like you've got a lot of good flavors going on in there. Uh, that's Breakfast for sure. of champions. <laughs> All right, so about a minute left. Can you give us a quick recipe for another source of protein, the chicken breast? Oh, absolutely. And, Kevin, when I tell you um, – 
it, it's one of the healthiest, you know, bites of the chicken itself is because it's all white meat and it's just really great. But you want to go ahead and sear that chicken breast the night before, okay? And then rest it in the refrigerator because we're going to make a, a quick salad and we're going to use some of the proteins that we talked about today. We're going to go ahead and get our edamamas out. We're going to get some corn out, Kevin, and we're going to get some black beans. Mm-hmm. And we're going to also get some kale. All of these are great uh, protein sources, great vitamin sources. You're going to take your chicken and you're just going to go ahead and slice it up into nice little thin slices. If you want to, if you're greedy like I am, you might want to just do some bigger chunks. And then you're going to do your kale. You're going to rinse it really well. And then uh, chop it into, you know, nice bite size. Squeeze a little bit of lemon and olive oil on top of that kale. Uh, drain all the uh, extra liquid off your black beans. Toss those in. Toss your corn in, your edamamas, and toss your chicken in. And, and you're set. And you're set to go. All right. Very good. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced today by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Don't